Well, hey, it's great to see you here this morning. Uh, just wonderful to be at church today, so thank you for being here. If you're just joining us, we are in a Bible study here at Hope, summer Bible study on the book of Daniel. And today we're going to be in Daniel chapter 6. So if you have your Bible or a Bible app, go ahead and open that up to Daniel chapter 6. And in this series, we've been doing a deep dive on Daniel's life. And I have been personally blown away by some of the incredible principles that we find in this book on how to live in a Babylon world like ours. And as we've looked at Daniel's life, we realize it's not a, an easy thing to live a godly life in an increasingly godless society. But Daniel did it, and Daniel not only survived in Babylon, Daniel thrived in Babylon, and we can too. And that's what's exciting. So how do we say yes to Jesus in a culture that is increasingly saying no? That's what this book is about. Well, today we're going to look at one of the most famous stories in the entire book of Daniel. It's the story of Daniel and the lion's den. For us, a lot of us here, it's one of our favorite stories in the book of Daniel. And um, we're going to see just some powerful principles, again, on how to live lives of saying yes to Jesus in a world that's increasingly saying no. Well, of all the animals on planet Earth, i got to say the lion's one of my favorite um, animals. You know, we just did a, a VBS here called Roar. It was all about, you know, lions and, and being courageous and brave. And I just, I love the lion as an animal. It's one of my favorites. But kind of a crazy thing when you think about lions. You know how a lion is called the king of the jungle? Have you ever thought about that? Like, why is a lion called the king of the jungle? Um, lions neither have kings nor live in jungles. As they say in Saturday Night Live, talk amongst yourselves. It's like butter. We're like, well, <laughs> why are the lions the king of the jungle? Lions don't live in jungles. They live in the grasslands, in the plains, in places like Africa. If you've ever been to a zoo or been on a safari... You've seen these amazing animals up close and personal. A lion is an amazing animal. Had an opportunity to go on a safari trip of a lifetime, and we saw these lions off in the distance. And I remember God saying, you know why the lion is the king? He didn't say king of the jungle, just the king. He says, because he eats all animals. And uh, even every year, you know, lions eat humans too. And over 250 people are attacked and killed by lions every year. So as we paused, as we looked at these two lions and just soaked in these impressive creatures, and watch them licking their paws, right? Gives you a whole new appreciation for Daniel and what he might have faced that night in the lion's den. But I think I love the lion because it's such a symbol of courage. And the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. So as we look at the bravery of Daniel, we realize that in our times and in our days, we need men and women of courage. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we are to be bold, brave, and extremely courageous. So today as we look at the story of Daniel in the lion's den, I want to talk about how do we live lives of courage. So many opportunities to be courageous every day. And Daniel gives us this powerful example of courage. So how do we live lives of bravery and courage? Because right? 
we living in this world today, we're, we need to be men and women of courage. How do we do that? Let's pray. We'll dive in. God, thanks for today. What a wonderful thing it is to come and worship you. And we continue our worship as we look into your word. We're just reminded that you speak to us through your word. And so we want to be those who tremble before you, before your word. Give us ears to listen. Even as people saw Daniel go through this lion's den and they saw his bravery and courage and their lives were impacted. God, change our hearts today. Would we be impacted by Daniel's courage today? We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to start with this. So I was looking at this story. I was thinking about it and thinking about the lion's den. It's not every day you're going to face a lion's den. But we do have opportunities every single day to be brave. And maybe for you today, just showing up at church was an act of bravery. But every day we have opportunities to be brave. And in Daniel chapter 6, I hope you're there, Daniel has an opportunity to be brave. Just to set the stage, if you're, if you're just joining us, Daniel is living in the city of Babylon. And Chick told us the story last week of the writing on the wall. Where God goes to the, to the Babylonians, God goes times up. And that very night, the city of Babylon is conquered by the Medes and the Persians. And now there's this whole new leadership coming in. And Daniel at this time, he's about 80 years old. I don't know if you've seen the, the children's books. We do a lot of children's Bibles. It's always this young whippersnapper Daniel getting tossed in the lion's den. No, no, no. This is the story of Grandpa in the lion's den. <laughs> Learn something, right? He's about 80 years old. He's still fighting for his faith. I love it. This is where Daniel finds himself. Daniel 6.1. It pleased Darius. Darius is the king of the Medes and the Persians. It pleased him to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. So the Persians, they're conquering a lot of land. They're becoming the new superpower. And so Darius appoints 120 satraps. Those are high officials to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom. So this is great. You know, the, the Medes and the Persians, they're conquering the world. And, and King Darius goes, you know what, I, I need to set up some leadership. So he divides his kingdom into 120 provinces. He places a high official over each of those provinces. And then he chooses three people to oversee those 120. And isn't it amazing that Daniel is one of those three? Now Daniel began to distinguish himself even among those three. And so the king decides to promote Daniel over the other two. Now you know when one person gets promoted, the other two feels like a demotion. And if you've ever spent any time in management, you know what's about to happen next. Office politics. Verse 4. At this, the administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so 
They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy. Oh, would people say that of us? And was neither corrupt nor negligent. I mean, this is fascinating. Daniel has been in politics for over 60 years. And these guys are thinking, a man in politics for 60 years, surely there's something in his past that we can dig up. So these guys go out, they're trying to dig up dirt. There's no dirt on Daniel. There's no incriminating Facebook pictures. There's no ill-advised tweets. They can't find any emails with the Russians. Nothing. And this is the courage of Daniel. This is the everyday courage of Daniel showing up with courage and integrity every single day, being trustworthy. Isn't it amazing Daniel never compromised who he was? He never compromised his core values. He never compromised his integrity. And that takes a lot of courage. It's the kind of courage Daniel showed up with every single day. He showed up with courage. He showed up with integrity. So much so... He's about to get promoted to the second highest place in the land. No one can find anything against him. The Bible says Daniel had a spirit of excellence. Wow. Verse 5. Finally, these men said, We'll never find any basis for charges against this man unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Isn't that awesome? These guys know who Daniel is. And even in his work environment... They know that the biggest thing in Daniel's life is his faith in God. How about you? In your work, work environment. The people around you know that your faith in Christ is the most important thing in your life. You say, wow, that takes a lot of courage to be open about your faith. Work environment. You say, yeah, it does take a lot of courage. It's the kind of courage Daniel showed every single day. See, we have opportunities every day to be brave. Every day we have an opportunity to be courageous. I think for most of us, when we think of the brave, we think of the, those who are facing extreme situations. You know, it's the Colleen's who are going around the world. It's those who are going off to war. It's somebody who's climbing Mount Everest. Oh, I'm going to go run with the bulls. I'm going to spend the night in a lion's den. That's brave. That is brave. That takes a lot of courage. What we realize, even just as we're getting into this story of the lion's den, we begin to realize that Daniel was brave long before he spent any time in a lion's den. See, when you live in Babylon, every day is an opportunity to be brave. Amen? So we have opportunities every day to demonstrate bravery and courage to the world around us. I spent a lot of years in youth ministry talked with a number of students who just said, I just don't know if it's even possible to live for Jesus in my school. The, the kids who call themselves Christians, they're hypocrites, and in a big school where nobody loves Jesus, is it even possible to be a Christian? Some of you, you think about your work environment, you think of maybe the business environment, you think, I just don't know if I can keep my integrity and make the kind of deals I need to make to move things forward and to keep Christ at the center of my career. I just don't know if that's possible. Some of you are in a relationship and you're saying, I can't thrive in this dating scene. I can't thrive in this marriage. I can't make it as a single. 
And I just want to remind you today that if you will listen to God and you'll be willing to say, I'll stand up, I'll be brave, you can thrive and not just survive. See, we have opportunities every single day to be brave and to be courageous. Eleanor Roosevelt famously said, do something every day that scares you. If we look at that, we go like, ah, no thanks. <laughs> I don't want to do something every day that scares you, scares me. But guys, it's not just the lion's dens. Hard things come our way every single day. Some of you showed up today with hard things in your life. The things that scare us, they always, they come knocking at our door. We don't have to worry about that. But to do those things, to step into those things with bravery and courage, that's what I'm inviting you to do today. As a mom or a dad, to be brave. In your work environment, be brave. In the challenges that you face, be brave. Every day is an opportunity to be brave. It's not just the lion's den. How do we do that? I think Daniel, if he was up here preaching today, he would say, if you want to be brave, pray. If you want to be brave, spend some time in prayer. I love this chapter because the windows open up into Daniel's life. And we get to see what made Daniel the person he was. And when the windows open up, what do we see? But we see Daniel in prayer. Well, these men who are attacking Daniel, they know right where to attack Daniel. And they attack his prayer life. Do you ever feel like your prayer life is under attack? These men know right where to get him. They know the source of his strength and courage, and that's where they go. Verse 6. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed, oh, they didn't talk to Daniel, that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. He's going to say, hey, I have a great idea. Let's get the king to sign a decree. No one can pray to any god except the king for 30 days. The king's flattered by this. That's a great idea. I like that idea. Everybody will pray to me for the next 30 days. Puts it in writing. Here's the interesting thing about the laws of the Medes and Persians. The Bible says this in a few places. It can't be repealed. Not even the king, once he writes that law, can overturn it. Law is a law. It's on the books. So there is a new law in the land. No one can pray for 30 days. Except to the king. Think about that. You go to a restaurant. Food comes, shows up at the table. You can't say grace. Unless you say it to the king. You can't pray at your home. You can't pray with your family. You can't pray at church. Would you obey that law? Daniel didn't. That's where we see the courage of a Daniel. Let's keep reading. 
Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room. He's like, oh, I heard a decree that says he can't pray. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go right up to my room and pray. <laughs> it's bold. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened to Jerusalem. And he's, he's fixing his, himself to Jerusalem, this place of the presence of God. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. I love Daniel. What's he saying? He's saying, I'd rather be eaten by lions than go a day without prayer. I'd rather be eaten by lions than go a day without prayer. Am I that committed to prayer? I mean, imagine being in that situation. And if we had to choose between going 30 days without prayer... Or being eaten by lions, I think some, I might just go, maybe I'll wait 30 days to pray. I might just hold up 30 days and pray after the 30 days. I, some of us, we go without prayer for 30 days. We don't even realize it. There are days where I don't, don't pray. There are days where we go without prayer, but not Daniel. Right? Prayer was so integrated into Daniel's life, that to go a single day without prayer was unthinkable. And he's praying three times a day. The windows are open into Daniel's life. And maybe this is what gave Daniel the courage to face his day every day. I think a lot of us would say, oh, man, it's really hard to pray once a day, let alone three times a day. It's very interesting. Think about Daniel. I think Daniel at this time in his life was probably the busiest man in the empire. No person in the land held a higher position than Daniel. And with that responsibility comes busyness. And so many of us today say, oh, I'm too busy to pray. And yet Daniel's saying, I'm too busy not to pray. Could it be that prayer is what gave Daniel the courage and the boldness and the bravery to face his day every day. And I just think the truth is, we think about prayer, is that we are more equipped to face our day when we pray. That you will actually feel the difference. I challenge you. Take seven days and start your day with prayer. You will feel the difference when you begin your day with prayer. So in the Vincent home, we're fighting. We're fighting for that prayer time. It's so important to us. It's in the morning before we start our day, praying before a meal, or just getting our family together at the end of the night to close our day in prayer. Prayer makes a difference in our life. And I just believe that for Daniel, and we're getting the windows opened up into his life, could it just be that prayer is what gave him the bravery to face his day? You know, there's a saying that's, very interesting. It just says, courage is fear that said its prayers. Now think about that. Courage is fear that said its prayers. That's true, isn't it? Think about it. It's true. Courage is just fear that said its prayers. And so why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? 
we have opportunities to be brave every day. I think if Daniel were up here preaching today, he'd just say, if you want to be brave, you want to be brave in that situation you're facing, you want to be brave, pray. But here's the cool thing. When we pray, I just love this. So cool. We're brave. A life of bravery. Bravery, it's hard to say. A life of bravery is going to put Jesus on display in our life. And this is what's so cool. When we, as followers of Jesus, draw deep in our relationship with God, when we step into those hard situations with courage and bravery, Jesus is actually going to be revealed in your life to the people around you. Reminds me of one of my favorite stories in youth ministry. So we used to take the, we used to go to a park by the church. And we'd grab a bunch of guitars and have 25 middle school students. And we'd go to these, this park and we would worship until it got dark. Then we'd play a huge game of Capture the Flag. So fun. So we haven't even started the Capture the Flag. We're the only ones in this park. It's just us. Guitars are playing. The kids are singing. And right in the middle of worship, with 25 middle schoolers worshiping God, underneath this pavilion, the police show up. Oh, man. And two police officers get out of this cop car. They're walking right for us. Everybody's eyes get really big. <laughs> I've never been more scared to worship God in my entire life. And we're singing How He Loves. How He Loves Us. Oh, everybody's like, How He Loves. And there's this cop just watching us. And so I'm, I'm like, Okay, get everybody back together, right? So I look at him, I'm like, Hey guys, look, I'm gonna go talk to the police. But here's what I want you to do. Don't stop worshiping. Don't, you're, we're not doing anything wrong. We're not doing anything illegal. It's okay. I said, don't stop worshiping. If the cops want to stop 25 middle schoolers from worshiping Jesus, they can come on over and stop us. There are some times when the laws of God supersede the laws of men. And this is one of those times. Big, brave speech. And then I go, I talk to the officer. I'm like, sir, we doing something wrong here? And he's like, he goes, one of the neighbors called about the noise. <laughs> I go, okay. Like, are we doing anything wrong? And he just looked at these 25 middle schoolers singing how he loves and praising and worshiping Jesus. He's never seen anything like this in his entire life. He's like, Phew. It's like, you guys aren't doing anything wrong. He walks away. But I just believe that because of our courage in that moment, Jesus was revealed. And whatever you're going through, whatever situation it is, whether it's identifying Jesus Christ, identifying with Jesus in a place he's not known, whether it's having a hard conversation with someone and maybe doing it in grace and truth, or whether it's just showing up at work every day with courage and integrity or showing up to your family every day with courage and integrity. I just believe that these 
little moments of bravery add up to a revelation of Jesus Christ in your life. And that's what we see in Daniel. We see a life of bravery puts Jesus on display. Let me show you here from, from the scripture. So decrees issued, and I love it. Daniel goes right on worshiping the living God. If they want me to stop praying, they're going to have to come in here and make me stop. It's a courageous act. And guess who calls the cops? The neighbors, the co-workers. Verse 11. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or any human being except you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. Look at Darius' response, verse 14. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. And he was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. The king is distressed. He doesn't want to see Daniel be killed by these lions. He loves Daniel. Daniel's his right-hand man. I mean, you know there is a relationship there between Daniel and this king. It's a close relationship, and the king's like, I'm going to do everything I can to stop this. But not even the king can stop this. Verse 15, Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. They're putting the pressure on. So the king, he's forced to give the order. And they brought Daniel and they threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. What a statement. From an unbelieving king. ...to a believing prophet of God. The king is literally encouraging Daniel in his faith. May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. How did Darius know that... ...Daniel even continually served this God? You ever wonder that? How did the king know this? And I think surely... ...they were friends. Surely they had a close relationship. And Daniel had not hidden his faith in God. There's love for God. And I just think Daniel is, he's doing tangible kingdom before there was even tangible kingdom. Sharing his faith where we, he lives, works, and plays, as we say here. And so if we want the world to know about the God we continually serve, it just starts here with friendship. Is there someone in your life that you'd like to know about this? God, that you continually serve. And just be a friend. And be transparent about what God's done in your life. It's powerful. Well, into the lion's den, Daniel goes. Verse 17. 
A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. The king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment. No Hulu, no Netflix, nothing. He is stressed out about Daniel. No, not going to eat any ice cream tonight. Couldn't sleep. Look what happens. Verse 19. The first light of dawn. He runs out. The king got up. He hurried to the lion's den. When he came near to the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And you hear this voice from the pit. May the king live forever! <laughs> Probably went... My God sent his angel and he shut the mouth of the lions. They've not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed. He gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, a wound was found on him because he trusted in his God. Daniel trusted in his God, and God delivered him from the lion's den. Darius responds, verse 24. The king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel, were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of that den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. These are hungry lions. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And it says, so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and during the reign of Cyrus the Persian. What a powerful moment. In Daniel's bravery, God is revealed. And the king's heart begins to change. And that's what we see in this story, that in our bravery, Jesus is put on display. And I think God was put on display, Jesus was put on display in Daniel's life in ways that he maybe didn't even realize and understand. I mean, just think about the parallels between Daniel and Jesus. See, just as the high officials and satraps conspired against Daniel to have him brought down and thrown into the lion's den, so too the chief priests, elders, and teachers of the law conspired against Jesus to bring him down. Just like no fault was found in Daniel, no fault was found in Jesus. No charge could stick. Just like the king tried in vain to have Daniel rescued from the lion's den. Isn't it interesting? So Pilate tried in vain to have Jesus released. And just like Daniel prayed to his God, our God, and asked the living God to save him from death. So Jesus too knelt down and he prayed to his Father in heaven that 
God might save him from death, that this cup might pass, that he might avoid what what was to come. And just like Daniel was sealed in the lion's den, so Jesus was sealed in the tomb. And for all these similarities, they are striking, aren't they? There's one difference between Jesus and Daniel. Do you know what that difference was? See, Daniel prayed that God might save him from death. And God did. Jesus prayed to his father that he might save him from death. And he didn't. What does this mean? Well, we know that God was pleased with Jesus. And God even said from heaven, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. We know that God was still powerful, but God had a plan. And under God's plan, Jesus couldn't be saved and be the Savior at the same time. Because Jesus was going to his death instead of someone, instead of me, instead of you. He was taking our sins upon his shoulders, swapping, substituting for us. So that through his death on the cross, our sins might be forgiven and we might have life in him. And just as Daniel was raised up from that pit of lions, Jesus was raised up from that cross and boldly proclaimed to the world that he is alive. And if you are worth dying for, then he is worth living for. So friends, my challenge today as we close is to be brave. Be brave today. Our world needs men and women, children who are brave. Maybe for you today, bravery is surrendering your, surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. It's a brave step. If you want to do that today, simply just pray, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. It's a courageous prayer. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Some of you, the brave thing that God is inviting you into today is to represent Jesus somewhere where Jesus is not known. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of bravery. Where do you need to be brave? Where is God inviting you to be courageous? What hard thing are you facing? See, we have a hidden life of prayer followers of Jesus that allows us to step into these moments with courage and boldness so today I'm inviting you to access the brave it's already inside of you through faith in Jesus Christ and when you step into that moment with courage Jesus is going to be displayed for all to see let's pray God, it's one thing to talk about bravery. It's another thing altogether 
to live that out. So I ask even now as we reflect on those situations that we might be facing in our own lives as, as moms and dads, as grandparents, as um, in our own battles that we face, we just ask right now that you would give us the courage of a Daniel. Pray for the courage of Jesus, that we would trust your plan, we would surrender our lives to you, and watch you work in our lives in ways that we couldn't even understand or imagine. Thank you that we're your church. Thank you that you've given us a bravery and a boldness through Christ that we can't even comprehend. So help us to access that today. And we pray that the world would know the glory of our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. All right, let's stand. Let's worship him.